fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Friday, final day of the week. You made it, my friends. Pat yourself on the back. You scream, I scream. We all scream for ice cream. Or we scream for elections or scream for something. Welcome into it. So wonderful to have you with us here on a Friday. Let's carpe diem all over this place. Broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Multiple radio stations and TV and live streaming and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we love having you here. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Are you ready for another round? Andy, what do you mean? Another round of the elections. Oh, yeah. We have the Iowa caucus all done. We have New Hampshire coming up next week, South Carolina thereafter. And the trend continues to be in the favor of former President Donald Trump as he gains some more momentum. The latest polls at first, there's two conflicting polls right now, which is kind of weird. We have a poll that shows that they're tied at like 40 percent between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Another poll that shows that there's like a 16-point gap, and that gap continues to widen with Donald Trump starting to pull further ahead. We'll talk some more about that here in just a little bit. Nikki Haley apparently taking a bit of a hiatus off the campaign trail, which is not a good thing to do just days before the New Hampshire primary, as apparently there's some illness or some issues in the family with her father and having to step away briefly from the campaign trail. So that's not good for her, no bueno, and we'll see if that affects her going into New Hampshire moving forward. So I don't know. Everything's kind of up in the air right now. We'll talk about some election issues a little bit later on the program. But coming up, bottom of the hour, we have a different kind of guest today. Greg Phelps will be joining us on the show as we talk about sexual education in public schools and the push for abstinence. Is it working? Does it work? And how do we keep our kids safe in the youth of America and the young generation? Now, I I preface this by saying that if you remember, there was a social media challenge a few years ago, and I used to make fun of it quite a bit on here, but it was the condom snorting challenge. And again, as a millennial myself, I apologize for my generation and some of the stupid crap that we've done from the Tide Pod eating challenge to the condom snorting challenge to other challenges that just make people do really dumb things on social media for the hits and the views and the likes that really corrupt society and make us look really, really really bad i mean look at around the world i don't uh, china does some really dumb stuff too with some of their social media challenges but we just take it to another level and i get it we're trying to find our masculinity ish we're trying to find our identity and we want to be awesome and we want to be unique and stand out but let's do it in a sense it doesn't harm others or make us look like absolute buffoons so that being said i made the request back then that we probably should not be doing any type of adult activities until we understand the proper use of the actual tools that are involved in that sort of adult activity, one of them being the condom snorting challenge. So we probably be shouldn't be using condoms until we at least understand what their original actual purpose and use is for them. So <laughs> we'll have that conversation coming up with Greg at the bottom of the hour. Looking forward to having that chat in just a little bit. Let's get into our what's trending story of the day, though, because there's a lot to talk about. What's trending today? And I want to focus on a couple different things right now that I think are intertwined to some degree. There's a headline from The Hill that popped up, I want to say, yesterday afternoon, talking about the concept of swatting. You know what swatting is? You remember what that one was? The swatting uh, of people making false calls uh, about a, an issue. There's a hostage situation. There's an active shooter. There's something going on here. Cops, you need to get to this address. And then the police show up to this certain address, and there's no one there at the scene, which is a bit concerning because they want 
either to waste taxpayer money to just keep us on alert. They want someone to accidentally get shot. I, I don't know what the agenda is. In fact, a few months ago, maybe about a year ago now, a little less than a year, it was the beginning of the school year, fall time, I want to say, August, September, October, that time, there was a major nationwide spread of swatting calls that happened to numerous different schools, and each week they would hit different states. In Kansas, where I'm based out of here, we actually had swatting calls that happened uh, within about two-day range of calls that happened at close to 20 different schools across the state of Kansas all in a single morning. And police would show up to each and every one of them, and it was realized that it was not the actual case. Nothing was actually happening. And it's unfortunate. Now we're seeing it happen to actually elected officials and those running for office. Now, I want to say that the media, at least for now is trying to be somewhat objective on this situation because you know what's going to happen is that somehow they're going to try and find a way to turn it into it's Russia colluding with Donald Trump for the election time. And what I mean by that is that apparently there's a couple of the Secretary of States, the Secretary of State of Maine, for example, Sheena Bellows, that received one of these calls, along with another Secretary of State as well that's fallen victim to this. But some of them have been the ones that have tried to remove Donald Trump off of the ballot for the general election in 2024. And that's insignificant because you know that at some point the Democrats and the media are going to do what they can to blame Donald Trump and say that he's colluding with Russia, he's colluding with China, he's colluding with another nation that's going to try and bully their political persecution, validating the theory that Donald Trump's going to walk into office and execute political opponents, he's going to fire them, he's going to be a totalitarian dictator, and he's going to remove all political opposition for those that disagree with him and disagree with the MAGA movement, any Democrat that's out there. The fear-based politics that they're using right now on election campaign trail, you know, and this is the the who's your prediction of the day for a Friday, you know that that's going to happen at some point. You know they're going to do that at some point, as they're going to blame Donald Trump and how he's colluding with some other foreign nation to do these swatting calls to have an accidental situation happen with an elected official when law enforcement shows up under the, the, the precedent that there's some type of active shooter hostage or some other kind of scenario. And then, oops, oh no, one of them died. That's what they're blanking on. And you know that they're going to blame them. But for the moment, we actually have some fair issues with the media. This one, according to TheHill.com, where swatting incidences have targeted all sides and raising fears about the issue in general. And that's good news because it's been happening to both sides of the aisle. In fact, I think it even happened to Donald Trump himself. And I don't know if that's true or not or other elected officials, but it's a sad ordeal. And what we need to remember here is that these are sick individuals, whoever's doing it, whoever's creating some AI bot, whoever's creating whatever scenario that allows this to happen, whoever's doing this is absolutely sick to allow a swatting incident to happen. Because it's all in the fear of guns. You know what? The other issue, if they're not going to blame it on Donald Trump, they're going to blame it on gun owners. Andy, what do you mean by that? Well, of course they're going to blame gun owners because if we have the firearms that are creating the potential situation for a hostage situation or for an active shooter situation, then the gun obviously is the problem. Not to mention that if there's a high-stress situation with law enforcement showing up at the door of somebody's home or somebody's business, whether it's a personal home, the home of a politician, the home of a celebrity, or somebody, and that individual that's unaware of law enforcement showing up and may have a firearm, that they could see, God forbid, some type of crossfire incident. 
I don't know what the agenda is here. Or it could just be someone that literally has the agenda to watch the world burn because they're anarchists and want to watch, and they find kicks and humor out of people scrambling and having the fear of a potential situation and then wasting our time when there's not an actual situation that happens. And the potential accident that could fall into that situation as well. I don't know what the motive is yet. And I hope to God that we can find them. The frustrating part about all this, let's be honest, is that the government literally collects data from all of us all the time. If you have a smartphone, if you're on the interweb, if you have a smart vehicle that's been made in the past, I don't know, 20 years that has all the computer chips in it, if you work in front of computers all day long, if you have a Gmail account, if you have social media at all, not just those foreign-based ones like TikTok, if you have all those social media sites... Then the government knows exactly what you're looking at. They know exactly where you're at. They know exactly what's going on at all times. They monitor your phone. They monitor your calls. They monitor your text. They know everything. And you're telling me that they can't track down who's actually creating these swatting scenarios that have been going on on both sides of the aisle from someone who I don't think is even political. They're just doing it to get their kicks off because they enjoy watching the world burn and watching the anarchy ensue. You're telling me that we don't know how to take care of these individuals. I don't think that there is a political motive to it at all, but it's sad to watch it nonetheless. At the same time, it could, if there is a political motive, it will come out soon. And it will be either the other side trying to scare us into taking away firearms because, well, obviously, you know, someone showed up, there was a shooting situation, someone got a little trigger happy, they didn't like the law enforcement showing up at their doorstep. It's all about the gun or it's going to be Donald Trump's role, one or the other. Which, speaking of the gun situation, there's a story with us, and I'm telling you, I am more optimistic this year than I ever have been in 2024. We're going to see some rough patches, we're going to see the rocky road down this path of victory, but we're going to see victory nonetheless because we're finally, finally starting to take credit for the power that we actually have. Yesterday we talked about Mike Johnson and putting the wall up against Democrats and the battle right now in the House with the with the budget issues and so much more. I don't want to focus a lot of time on that today, but we're the point is we're finally starting to recognize that we have some power and we're not going to let people bully us around, which leads us to our next story of the day. What's trending today? As apparently, if you remember, down in the state of New Mexico, the governor trying to put those gun regulations in place down there by saying, well, we know that, you know, criminals won't actually abide by the law, so the gun restrictions won't actually stop bad guys. But it sets a precedent of that we want to try and keep communities safe by cracking down on laws and more laws on legally owning gun citizens. Doesn't make any sense, but that's what they tried to do. Well, the gun owners of America have officially filed a lawsuit advocating for the impeachment of the governor from New Mexico after that charade that she tried to pull just a few months ago. We have filed uh, a lawsuit against the governor, and our case is actually the first one on the docket. Uh, It's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m., and I tell you, you know, I think she's going to lose this. You know, she is, by her own admission, criminals aren't going to obey this gun ban because they don't go through legal channels. They don't get concealed carry permits, and yet they still carry guns illegally. Look, this ban is only going to affect good people. Statistically, over 90% of the rampage killings occur in gun-free zone where guns are outlawed Mm -hmm. and people are prevented from protecting themselves. So her order makes no one safer. The real truth is that guns save more lives than they take. So if the New Mexico governor really wanted to protect her citizens, she'd be issuing guns to her citizens rather than banning them. Again, that was the Gun Owners of America, that audio from Newsmax is that lawsuit 
lawsuit going on today, or it happened a little bit earlier, at least ongoing. We'll see what comes out of this one. But the good news is, is that we're finally taking that power back. And with us actually calling out these elected officials, even for the lies, even if we don't get rid of some of the gun restrictions that they've tried to put in place, if we could at least expose them for the stupid, that's beneficial to us, isn't it not? And going into an election season, I think even more beneficial because if you've noticed, they have not run on the gun issue. And while Joe Biden tried to make that a campaign uh, camp, uh, campaign agenda, campaign platform in the last election in 2020, as far as I know yet, he has not mentioned guns. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, because if you call your side of the aisle a tyrant and then you have all the guns, then you're literally trying to start violence, and he's trying not to do that. And Donald Trump's doing a very good job trying to talk about unity within the country and within the party. So, you know, we're the ones singing happy hunky-dory, sing kumbaya, hold hands, and be happy right now. At least we're advocating for that, and on the other side, they're they're a little bit angry. They're just a little bit angry. So they don't want to touch the gun issue right now, and they've failed on the gun agenda with ta- with their talking points trying to win people over on their side. So it's not working. And all they have right now is the local governments, local governors doing their bits like they did with this governor down in New Mexico. And it backfired big time. Way worse than what they thought, even when the media started turning on them, which is hysterical to watch. So I'd love to see this governor out. And that could definitely set a precedent if we uh, move forward with Democrats trying to remove guns and us nice and politely reminding them that you can see how well it worked out when you tried to get guns out of the hands of legally uh, legal citizens legally being able to carry a firearm when you admitted openly and publicly that it would not take the guns out of hands of criminals because that's just bad policy and that kind of ruins your reputation a little bit. Lots more coming up. Stay here for The Voice of Reason on a Friday. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. This is the Voice of Reason. So wonderful to have you with us here for a Friday. So swatting in guns, I have a new theory on how they're going to try to attack the Second Amendment. It's not going to be through policy. The policy didn't work. It's not going to be through executive orders. That obviously backfired big time in the state of New Mexico. Now with the Gunners of America, the Second Amendment Foundation, so many other gun rights groups that are going after her for just openly saying, this will not work against criminals, this will not lower crime, but we're going to do this to set a precedent and to send a message to the people, essentially saying, we are the dictators, we are the tyrants, we are the authoritarians, which is hilarious at a time when they called Donald Trump the authoritarian and the tyrant, and they're the ones literally trying to take guns away from law-abiding citizens, that she openly said it would not stop the crime, but it will set a precedent that's going to come back to bite them. And Democrats conveniently, coincidentally, have not used the Second Amendment as the agenda and the talking points for the campaign, at least so far. It will come up at some point, but put the tinfoil hat on for just a moment. Whether they're behind the swatting calls or not, which I will be very clear, I do not believe that they are. I believe that they are foreign-based. I believe that they are the ones just wanting to cause havoc, or they're just people here in the country that want to cause anarchy in the system by causing swatting on both sides of the aisle. It is happening on both ends. But you know that they're going to start blaming Donald Trump. I do not believe Democrats are behind it, but I believe that they will take advantage of the situation to try and say, well, we need to make the streets safer because if law enforcement's being called to all these scenarios, whether they're legitimate or not, we don't want extra firearms in that situation because you know what they always say during an active shooter. 
when we say, hey, we need to have more people with uh, that are trained responsibly with firearms, we need to have them prepared for when something may happen to end a shooter, the argument always is, well, that turns into chaos. More guns just create chaos in the scenario. The bad guy ends up shooting somebody, then there's a shooting that happens, someone else sees that, they pull out their gun, they shoot the wrong person, as somebody else sees them with the firearm, they think they're the shooter, and it just causes complete anarchy. Now, that argument, that idea comes from a vast amount of lack of knowledge and complete ignorance and understanding a shooting scenario when you actually are trained and responsible and you know the situation on how to handle it in the first place. You don't just actively just start shooting anybody that has a firearm because you're actually aware of your surroundings. They may not be. They're completely oblivious to their surroundings. They just live in la-la land their entire life. But that's that's their theory in this mindset. So they're going to take advantage. Remember what they used to say, that never let a crisis go to waste, right? That's the motto of the Democrat Party, never let a crisis go to waste. While there's a shooting situation, if there is an active shooter, if there's a school shooting, they always take advantage of that and find a way to advocate for their own gun agendas in some way. We cannot allow that to happen any longer. But they're going to use that for the swatting and say, well, we don't want streets full of chaos with people just shooting each other thinking that there's something going on when it was fabricated in the first place. And they're going to find a way, again, to use that argument on the street. So mark my words, on the campaign trail here, another prediction from the Voice of Reason for a Friday is that some at some point this year, there will be some gun incident to where they will use it, obviously, for their agenda on the campaign trail, and they will use the swatting incidences. They continue to ramp up, not just at public homes or at schools now, but even with elected officials, they will use that to say, well, we have to get rid of firearms. So that way we know there's not an active shooter situation because there's no guns that they could possibly have because totally nobody's able to get their guns off of the black market or illegally or steal it from somebody else. That totally doesn't happen at all, right? Yeah. that's Is that true? No, no. Okay, sorry. That would be more of a, yeah. The common sense prevails on our side, so we'll keep at this, and hopefully we can see some repercussions. If we set the tone on this gun issue now, then hopefully they can back off a little bit during election time because I guess if they want to go down that road, then it's just going to rally more people to come to the Republican side knowing how badly they despise gun rights on the other side of the aisle. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We'll focus on the young generation still on how they handle the issues. But sex ed, abstinence, is it working? And how do we keep our kids safe? And what can we as the parents do in the community to talk to our kids about these issues since the public school system's kind of gone down a weird road? Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into it. It is a Friday. So wonderful to have you along with us here as we wrap up another week. Stepping away from politics for just a moment. We have the New Hampshire caucus we'll get back into a little bit later. But we like to talk about other issues as well. As you know, we're not just about political talk here on the program. We're about helping humanity. We're about helping the youth of America and being a millennial myself. I apologize for my generation on a daily basis because of some of the ridiculousness that we do. But uh, interesting conversation today as we talk about ways that we can prepare the young generation to maybe not make the same mistakes that we've been making really in culture throughout the last few decades as we get into our latest in what's trending. 
What's trending today? As we talk about really public education, which we love to talk about on the program, and public education that hasn't really done a good job when it comes to maybe talking about those more promiscuous things, the sex education, the adult topics that now I think have bled into more than just the adult topic, but them trying to brainwash and talk about in other fashions that are not doing the youth well in public education. Talk about some of that and so much more on how what we can do as parents, as members of the community, as the seasoned individuals excited to have on the program. He is the executive director for the Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership, which you can find online at ampartnership.org. Excited to have on the program with us here, Mr. Scott Phelps. Scott, how are you, my friend? Hey, terrific. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate your show. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate you very much coming on here and Happy New Year. What a It's an interesting conversation because I remember our sex ed when it, in, in school, and it was, I think it's completely different from when I went to school to what we're hearing today because now it seems like almost that seems to be a main focal point for those, and it begins at a younger age now, and they're talking about a vast amount of topics that range within this category that probably aren't appropriate for for students to be hearing today. No, you know, and the uh, the, the bill down in Florida, the uh, what they derisively referred to as the Don't gay, Say Gay bill, was simply saying that, you know, up to third grade, you can't be talking about uh, SOGI, sexual orientation, gender identity, for example, in school, which of course is crazy. But the the only, the the real controversial part about that was that it only went up, that it only went up to third grade. Like there's no grade in which you should be teaching this stuff to kids. And so what's happened is uh, sex education has become uh, very, uh, really sexual deviancy education is really what it is. And uh, our program exists as an alternative to sex education. Our program, Absence and Marriage Education Partnership, is not a sex education program. It's rather teaching healthy, wholesome guidance for young people. Not that sex is bad, but that sex reserved for the context of marriage is the safest, healthiest, best choice for you. And that's really about all that we need to be saying to kids. We have no we really have no business uh, speaking to kids in schools about all things sexual, and that's where we are today. And that is really uh, corrupting the soul of American youth. We exist to supplant sex education and provide good, healthy, abstinence until marriage education for schools, for parents, for churches all around the country. Yeah. Uh, Scott, how did we get to this point? It, what age or what what time did we start thinking that public education needed to address this issue like this, but then to it to evolve to what we are seeing in today's time? So, I mean, talking about it to third graders, why in the world would we be talking about adult activities like this for third graders? When did we get to this point, Scott? Well, you know, it's a well-planned event, actually. You know, the, uh, the Planned Parenthood and their, their ilk, uh, have been working very hard for a very long period of time to get into uh, our schools, and they've been very successful. Um, they're not at the gate. They're, you know, they've busted through. They're not only influencing education, they've taken over education. And uh, it is systemic. It is widespread. And it's important for parents who are listening to know that it's not enough to simply ask your school, hey, are you guys teaching abstinence? Because, listen, there isn't a school in America that will say we don't teach abstinence. 
everyone will say that they teach it. It's a fig leaf. Typically, they're not. Typically, it's a standard uh, contraceptive-based, here's all the different contraceptive products that you can use, you know, to have sex uh, type of an approach. And that is the norm in schools across America. We exist as the alternative to that, but we believe that we should be the fundamental. Right now, absence education, truly and properly taught, is the alternative when it should, in fact, be the primary message that our kids are receiving in school. But yeah, it has been, uh, it's been coming for some time. Some of your listeners may uh, remember Jocelyn Elders uh, way back in the Clinton administration, early in the 1990s, talking about how important it is to start in kindergarten teaching these things. So they've been at this for some time and they've been very successful. What's the ultimate goal behind it? Obviously, it's to corrupt maybe the family values, kind of break up the family unit and have have kids be active a little bit earlier and more often, which, you know, we can talk about the reasons behind that. But is, is that the ultimate goal just for the rebellious side of it? Is it to try and break up the family unit? I mean, what are what's the end goal with this type of subject being forced down our throats? Yeah, well, the, the trick is now you're talking about motivations. Why do people do what they do? And I think there's a wide range of motivations involved there. So it would only be speculation on my part. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Uh, rather, what I w- would say is whatever the motivations, and I, I do have my suspicions, but they're my suspicions only. Sure. Um, I would rather focus on what do we do about it? What is the solution? And that's really where our, our whole emphasis on, is on. You know, we can sit back and, you know, be all upset about what's happening. Oh, my goodness. But there's also something that we can do. And uh, at our website, ampartnership.org, if people want to contact us, we can send them some material to equip them to go to their local school and say, hey, excuse me, can I can I find out exactly what it is that you're teaching? Can I see the curriculum Mm -hmm. and how to analyze that and understand what that is? And if the school isn't actually teaching something that is good and healthy, we can supply it for them. We have a whole curriculum division uh, at successsequence.com. If people go to successsequence.com, they will be able to see our curriculum that schools across the country can use, uh, and many do, uh, to be able to teach these things. And so that's we, we are a solutions-based uh, program, and what we want to do is provide answers and help for parents and for schools. I love that. Actually focusing on solutions and not just the problem itself, which I think is much needed in numerous different issues today. We're talking with Scott Phelps. He's the executive yeah. director for Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership. Let's talk about some of this. Some of the the programs that you have and the children that you have talked to, have you seen results? Have you seen success in this program? Oh, my goodness. You know, besides anecdotally, which we get quite a bit of, uh, we're in the middle of a research project now, but one that was done a couple of years ago with some students near Knoxville, Tennessee, they sent us the results of uh, our curriculum being used uh, in a program there near Knoxville. And it blew me away. In fact, I shared the results that we received back from that school with the researchers that we're working with now. And they literally said this, they said, wow, you know, we do this for a living and we've never seen results like this. Mm -hmm. The results were this. Coming into the program, 90% of the students uh, said in response to the question, the prompt was, I plan to save all sexual activity for marriage, because that's our end goal. I plan to save all sexual activity for marriage. Free program, survey the kids, what do you think about this? 90% said either no or I don't know. 
90%. No, I'm not going to wait until I'm married or I don't know. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Post-program, after going through our curriculum, going through our program, 90% yes, sign me up. I want to save all sexual activity for marriage. Wow. And so really what it is, it's a matter of, listen, they've never heard this message before. Sure. You have to understand, where do kids today learn that reserving all sexual activity for the context of marriage is good and healthy and worth aspiring toward? And they've never really been taught this. It's not on TV. It's not in the media. It's not on the Internet. And so unless we're proactive as parents, as schools, as churches, teaching these things clearly, rationally, logically to our kids, how are they going to know it? And so that's what we're all about. Our mission statement is simply this. A&M Partnership exists to ensure that every teenager in the country has the opportunity to hear a clearly reasoned, positive presentation on the benefits of abstinence until marriage and instruction on preparing for a healthy future marriage. That's our goal. We believe marriage is the cornerstone of culture. And if we're going to restore a culture of marriage in America, it begins by helping young people appreciate and understand and value marriage as an institution and to prepare well for it. Well, using well, and it sounds like the students resonate with that message. Like you said, if you're seeing a complete flip with 90% saying, yeah, no, I don't plan on saving myself to afterwards being like, uh, yeah, sign me up for this. We're going to make that happen. That Those yeah. are huge. Uh, those are huge numbers because I would have assumed just guessing from uh, from society and watching society today that I would assume 90, 95% of students, they probably don't save themselves until marriage, probably don't even save themselves till shortly past high school into college era. So uh, to see that type of number is pretty astronomical. It's, it really is amazing. And I was really heartened to see that particular research result because, again, anecdotally, I see this all the time. We get letters, phone calls, you know, we, we see it. Um, my, what I always say is the problem is never the kids. The problem is never the kids. It's always the smart people. It's always the geniuses, uh, who, who will not allow them to hear this message. So for example, we're in the Chicago area, Chicago public schools is like, stay out, not here. We will not have mm. our students in the Chicago public schools learning about saving sex for marriage and why marriage matters. We will not <laughs> let them hear that message. Right. So when you have geniuses like that in charge of the school system, uh, it's very difficult. It is difficult. Hold that thought. Let's take a break here real quick. I want to continue this conversation when we come back on how we can continue to spread this message around and get more kids involved in this program with the Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership. We'll do some more of that right here on The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into a final segment of the program, and especially on a Friday. Holy cow, you made it. Pat yourself on the back. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice cream. It's what I like on the end of the week anyways. Always wonderful to have you along for the ride. We're hanging out with Scott Phelps. He is with the program trying to help kids moving forward with the Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership. You can find more information online at ampartnership.org. You can also find the curriculum on what they're doing. And if you want to bring that to your local community, you can do that as well. Scott, you got to give me a teaser here on what this curriculum looks like and how you're able to 
win over so many students to go from a 90% uh, saying that they don't plan to save themselves to now, heck yes, let's do this. I'm excited about this. What kind of curriculum would get kids that excited to do that? <laughs> you, you know what the secret sauce is? What's that? It's truth. Mm. The secret sauce is truth. And I mean that quite seriously. Look, our kids have been lied to, and everything that they're hearing is a lie. Everything they're seeing in the media is a lie. And when you lay out truth in front of them, it comports with their nature. It resonates within them. And they're like, oh, my goodness, where have you been all my life? Yeah. You know what a girl said at a Chicago public school when we taught this years ago, when we could get into the Chicago public schools before the geniuses took over? This girl said, uh, after the program, she said, Saving sex for marriage is a great idea. I never thought of that before. That's what I want to do. Ding, 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 ding. This girl represents a generation, not a generation of young people that have rejected the abstinence message, but they've never heard it. And yeah. once they hear it, they're like, oh, my goodness, this makes so much sense. Like, how did you come up with this? Yeah. And so it's really just a matter of laying out the truth. Now, when I say that, it's, it's about truth. It is so clearly distinct. It's the diamond shining brightly on the black felt, right? It is so clearly a contrast to the lie that they've been fed from the other side that it's like, oh, my goodness, that's a beautiful diamond. Like, I, I want that. It's so beautiful, and it speaks to my heart. Yeah. And, and they didn't even know that it existed or was available to them. And so truth is very powerful. I say this. The power of our message is in its distinctiveness. We don't water it down. We don't, we don't try to make our message sound like sex education. We don't try to, uh, you know, th there's no compromise in it. It's very clear, and the, the clearer it is, the better it is. The, the more willing they are to embrace it when you don't compromise it. We're not saying wait to have sex until you're older or in love or in a long-term committed relationship. No, we're talking about saving all sexual activity for one specific context called marriage. Here's what marriage is. Here's what it looks like. Here's why it matters. Here's why it's worthy of your uh, pursuit. And, and we just lay it out very clearly like that without any equivocation or like, oh, my goodness, that sounds really, really good. <laughs> and so they don't have a chance to hear that message very often. Yeah. And they embrace it when they do. Yeah. Oh, well, they don't hear that message. In fact, they hear the opposite saying, just do whatever you want to. And in talking about this in the past, I've always used the argument of, uh, to me, it's it's so hard, at least in my opinion, of what would have been to try and tell kids to save themselves. It was, okay, fine, do what you will, but we have to learn the thing called consequences again. And if you get an STD, if you end up getting pregnant, you can't just make that stuff go away by the wave of a magic wand. You have to live with those consequences. So do what you want, but think smartly about it. But this is a positive message. It actually gets them excited to want to actually not do anything and get themselves in that situation in the first place. Well, that's it. And, you know, while we will discuss the possible consequences of things like STDs and so forth, we really want to major on and focus on the benefits of why waiting is good and why it's going to help you prepare well for a healthy future marriage, that all of the skills that we're teaching you in this program of self-discipline, self-respect, restraint, responsibility, or character qualities, everything you're learning here is going to help you have a healthy, happy marriage in the future, because the skills that you're learning now are going to be beneficial for you then. 
And so we find that it's a it's a message that is true and resonates with them, and they respond to it extremely well. I love it. we got about 20 seconds left here. Scott, what's the website again for people to see the curriculum for you guys to get involved if they want to? Thank you. Uh, the curriculum website is successsequence.com, and our general website is ampartnership.com. You can reach us through either of those and uh, or ampartnership.org. Ampartnership.org. We will... Uh, reach out to us and we will help you in any way that we can. I love it, Scott. Great stuff. Keep up the fight. You're doing great work. Let's get you back on the show and chat again real soon. Let's do it. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Hey, appreciate it. There it is. That does it for us today on a Friday. We're back at it again next week. Also, our syndicated show on the weekend as well for the weekend edition of the program. Until then, this is your own show. This is The Voice of Reason. Be your own Voice of Reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.